We're back with another episode in Series 3 of the Evening Under Lamplight podcasts dedicated to the fables of Robert Louis Stevenson. And I'm Robert Louis Abrahamson, attending with you to the short fable, The Sick Man and the Fireman. Like the sinking ship which we attended to last time, this fable looks at the absurdity of too much thinking when we find ourselves in a crisis. Let's move right on now to the fable itself. The Sick Man and the Fireman There was once a sick man in a burning house to whom there entered a fireman. Do not save me, said the sick man, save those who are strong. Oh, will you kindly tell me why, inquired the fireman, for he was a civil fellow. Well, nothing could possibly be fairer, said the sick man. The strong should be preferred in all cases, because they are of more service in the world. The fireman pondered for a while, for he was a man of some philosophy. Granted, said he at last, as part of the roof fell in, but for the sake of conversation, what would you lay down as the proper service of the strong? And nothing can possibly be easier, returned the sick man. The proper service of the strong is to help the weak. Again the fireman reflected, for there was nothing hasty about this excellent creature. I could forgive you being sick, he said at last, as a portion of the wall fell out, but I cannot bear your being such a fool. And with that he heaved up his fireman's axe, for he was eminently just, and clove the sick man to the bed. Well, <laughs> what strikes me this time around is just how economical the story is. Of course Stevenson was a master storyteller, as suggested by the name they gave him when he settled in Samoa, Tusitala, which means teller of tales. But notice how much is told here with just a few details and a few exchanges of words. Like so many of the other fables, this is what we might call a philosophical dialogue, two people coming together to discuss life and duty and morality. We might say that this dialogue ponders the morality of triage, the practice of determining who gets care and attention in preference to others who don't. But as I hope to point out, it expands to encompass some moral issues much larger than just triage. The dialogue can be divided into two sections. In the first section, the sick man proposes that strong people should be saved in preference to the weak because strong people are of more service in the world, that is, they're more valuable, more worth saving. The fireman ponders this as part of the roof falls in. He initiates the second section. What service is it that strong men do that makes them so valuable? And the answer is that they serve the world by helping the weak. The fireman thinks a little about this as some of the wall collapses. <laughs> this reminds us, in case we forgot, that this whole dialogue is taking place in a burning building. Then he takes action, and as the story says, he heaved up his fireman's axe and clove the sick man to the bed. One way of dealing with a fool, rather extreme, of course, but that's what happens in fables. Actions are often larger than life, larger than they normally need to be, in order to wake us up with a shock, like the explosion at the end of the sinking ship. We're told that the fireman does this because he is eminently just. 
but how is it just to kill a fool like this? What does justice have to do with this anyway? Well, does the problem have something to do with the sick man's absurd reasoning, which turns around in circles, making nonsense of the whole business? Strong people should save only strong people because strong people are needed to save weak people. It doesn't make sense. Is there a point when strong people suddenly shift from saving valuable strong people and suddenly start saving weak people? Yes? Well, then when do we get to such a point? No, I think trying to figure this out will get us nowhere. That's the point. We have, we have to come at this from a different angle. Let's go back to what makes the strong man valuable according to the sick man's reasoning. The strong man is valuable because of what he can do. That is to say, we value other people by their abilities. And, and yes, we, we do this much of the time when we praise our children for getting good grades, or we follow a singer because she performs so well on stage, or we pay an athlete huge sums for being so good on the court or the pitch or wherever. That's justice, I suppose, but it's, it's not compassionate. It's not humane. A more humane response is to value a person simply for what the person is, rather than what the person does. This is what we're doing when we say, for instance, that murder is wrong. Human life is sacred. Even a person of very little significance in the world is valuable simply by being a person. This is compassion and respect. It's loving other people as ourselves. <laughs> but this doesn't make sense. We cannot be logically persuaded to this attitude. It comes from the heart instead. But do we always turn to the heart in moments of crisis? The building is burning, and we must do something, and the fireman does do something. First he thinks, joining the sick man in the intellectual debate, and the debate collapses, like the building. But the fireman accepts the sick man's assumption that people are valued only for what service they can do, and thus, since the sick man is weak and of no service in the world, he has no value and can be dispensed with, in a swift, efficient blow of the axe, presumably so the fireman can go searching in the building for a strong man he can save, <laughs> if that strong man hasn't already saved himself. Well, we laugh at the end of this fable, don't we? And maybe we're a little uncomfortable to find ourselves laughing at the account of a fireman killing a sick man with an axe. But, but why do we laugh? Well, we're laughing in the presence of some kind of irony here. Irony is always based on a gap, a discrepancy between one thing and another. The gap here surely is between what we know to be right, that all people are valuable in themselves, which is why we're appalled at the axe murder, between what we know in our heart is right and what the philosophical argument has led the firemen to conclude. Our laughter, thus, is a kind of confirmation that we realize that it's wrong to value people simply because of their abilities. You, you can see the point here, can't you? Uh, but lest we wander too far into philosophical discourse ourselves, we'd better leave the discussion and go back to the fable itself. 
literature's value, after all, is its ability both to stimulate the mind and reach the heart at the same time. See if it works like this for you now. The Sick Man and the Fireman There was once a sick man in a burning house to whom there entered a fireman. Do not save me, said the sick man, save those who are strong. Would you kindly tell me why, inquired the fireman, for he was a civil fellow. Nothing could possibly be fairer, said the sick man. The strong should be preferred in all cases, because they are of more service in the world. The fireman pondered for a while, for he was a man of some philosophy. Granted, said he at last, as a part of the roof fell in, but for the sake of conversation, what would you lay down as the proper service of the strong? Nothing can possibly be easier, returned the sick man. The proper service of the strong is to help the weak. Again the fireman reflected, for there was nothing hasty about this excellent creature. I could forgive you being sick, he said at last, as a portion of the wall fell out. But I cannot bear your being such a fool. And with that he heaved up his fireman's axe, for he was eminently just and clove the sick man to the bed. This fable must have come out of Stevenson's own personal experience, as he lay so often in a sick bed himself, feeling useless, and having grown up in a family of strong men, doing the valuable job of building lighthouses around Britain. But he held on, struggling, like many of us, to keep in touch with a sense of his own inner worth. Maybe that's one reason why he was able to write such a wry, heartfelt fable as this. Okay, next time we'll look at another short fable about problems of thinking too much, which also arose from Stevenson's own experience. The Two Matches. We'll see you then.